LAS. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hello, guys. My name is Devin Green, and this is The Innovative Creative, a podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years, and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at innovativecreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to, but if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS+. For more information on that, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS. Hello there, welcome. Hello, welcome back to Othered, your favorite podcast. With your hosts, Caleb Scales. And Sarah Van Cleef. Yeah. Yes, bitch, yes. <laughs> your favorite pod hosts. We're so excited you're listening to us today. So excited that you're here. <laughs> We've missed you. A week yeah. seems long. It does seem long. Mm-hmm. I feel like we say this every week. We do, but it seems long every week, and it's true. It is true. It is. Other is <laughs> produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Iowa? Yes. For only $10 a month, you can subscribe to LAS Plus where you get ad episodes, bonus. Ad-free episodes. Very ad-free. Bonus materials. Thank you for carrying me. I got you, babe. Through life. Um, access to like merchandise. Yeah. Access or access to i don't know tickets for tickets to las live yes there you go yep yeah yeah it never gets better it doesn't never get better gets better it doesn't get better than that no, yeah. <laughs> so go and subscribe yeah and do that. support local you will be supporting local and that's what we love that is what we love we're all about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so happy sunday happy sunday the sun is shining it is finally. It's but still freezing. I was gonna say that's not indicative of warm weather. Right. Well, the wind's been blowing. It's the wind that kills you. Mm-hmm. It that's is. what gets you. That I was just gonna say that sounds like a very Iowan <laughs> male thing to say. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Ew. Dad. Ew. The wind will get you out there in the streets. Oh Got to bundle up. So I'm still getting used to being 32. And somebody called me Daddy the other day, Ooh. and I was so upset. We didn't like that. I did not. Approve. Why? Were you giving daddy vibes? Ew! Uh, well, what were you doing? I, I want to know the context. Just, just acknowledging how old I am now, and I was just like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, I just I'm not ready for that." Yeah, well, I've been a milf now for 
Um, ten years, Caleb. Mm-hmm. It's well, been a long journey. It's fitting for you. It is fitting. So sometimes you just have to make that title work. Okay. Work it. I just it. don't know if I'm ready for that. You are ready for it. <laughs> I love it. What exciting things happened this past week? Uh, well, I am, as of today, six days free from alcohol. So I feel I'm feeling great. Congratulations. Yeah. Feeling amazing right now. Um, so proud of you. Yeah. My boss and I, uh, he was talking about how much he was drinking and how much he didn't want to. And I was like, yeah, same. And he's like, there's like a hundred day challenge. And I was like, oh, okay, let's do it. And so we both got these apps on our phone that like track how much we haven't been drinking and like how much money we're saving, how many calories we haven't been ingesting, all that kind of stuff. Mm So I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I'm only six days in, but you know, a hundred days is a long time, but it's really not that long. It really isn't. And it's really, I mean, I don't work in service industry. Mm. I would imagine that's a whole nother beast. Yeah, it is. But I feel like you look great Thank and you. it's good for you. Yeah. And so it's you're good for my pocketbook. That too. Yeah. yeah. I like, honestly, this app showing me how much money I normally spend on alcohol is a slap in the face. Yeah. So that cactus purchase. Exactly. Yes. The listeners don't even, even know. I recently just purchased or ordered a huge cactus for my house. Because yeah. my house is like Southwestern vibes. Ooh. And I'm like going for the cacti, like the, I don't know. Like you just want to feel like you're in tribal? Well, not tribal. I mean like, <laughs> well, indigenous. I don't know. I've got like indigenous art on the walls. Okay. Like New Mexico, like the yeah. Navajo Reservation. Okay, like I feel cool. Like that's, makes me feel like I'm in Albuquerque. All right, Or in New it. Mexico. Love anyway. It. Anyway, so you needed a cacti. Yeah, so I need some more cacti in my house, but I ordered one, and I'm so excited about it. And I also ordered a cat tree for my kitty cat. Oh, yay. I know. I'm excited for all these purchases. Good thing. So I'm not happening. like saving money, but I'm just putting money towards other things. Well, you know what? It's money that you would have spent either way. Right. So. Yeah. Absorb that shit. True. How about you, Sarah? How were, What's new with you? What's going on? Well, I... Give me the deets. I will give you the deets. <laughs> Caleb, I've got so many. Oh. I facilitated a group sound healing this oh. Saturday for a big group of boss-ass women in the community who I, I know are all interested in the same things I am and doing at things out here for the good of the world. Mm-hmm. And it was so incredible. The yes, energy was ma'am. just amazing. And I appreciated all of the women that took their time to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to hold space for people in that way is such a privilege. And so I'm just really grateful and blessed that I get to do that. What an honor. It really was an honor. I love sound so I love much. That you had that experience. Yeah. And I taught yoga yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was there. You were there. I was. That was not my best class. Really? No. I felt like I was going to die because we partied on Friday night. I went oh. to my friend Tone the Boss's four-year anniversary party for his company. Oh, I love T1 Tone. T1 Entertainment. Me too. So shout out Tone because I was out way too late. Mm-hmm. I'm normally home in bed by like nine, as you know. Right. I didn't go home until two. Oh. So mama was tired. Wow. It was a rough one. That's That's late for you. It was late. And then I was up at six. And Ooh. then I was... At yoga. Do you know, here's the thing about not drinking for me right now is that, like, I'm not sleeping as much as I normally do. Mm. Like, 
I will go to bed at like two or three in the morning and then I'll wake up at like six or seven thirty and it's like what's happening? And here? how do you feel when you wake up? I feel fine. I mean I'm tired, but not in the way that like I would just like continue to like stay in bed and like writhe in pain and hangover. Oh. Was, okay. You know. So it was like hungover sleep. <clears throat> right. All right. Yeah, sobriety um really is a game changer. Sadly. It is. Yeah. I know that for me too. Mm. I always feel better when I'm sober. But yeah. then it's like, do I? But do I? But do I? But it's like, do yes. I? Yes. yes. You do. Sober from alcohol anyway. Right. Right. So today on our favorite pod, we have one of our favorite people. Yeah. She's here and she's back. Back, meaning she's been here before. This is her third time with us. Well, it's her second. Because the first time it was just you and I. Oh, that's true. But Never mind. she's here in spirit time. so often that it might be her hundredth time here with us. I don't know. I mean, I saw her earlier today at yoga. And I'm just like, I just want to see her all the time. Me too. That's what I said. We get extra Wendy time today. <laughs> Yay! Yay! You guys, it's Wendy. Wendy Stokesbury. Oh, thanks for having me. Come on down, Yay. Wendy. We love you. Oh, thanks for being so kind to me. Oh, of course. Mm. You make it easy yeah. to do. You're a blessing. I love you guys. You are a blessing. Normally, when we call people blessings we're not really being sincere right it's but more like a time. bless your heart yeah but this no but you're a blessing you are a true blessing not only thank to us guys. but to the community truly mm-hmm. an asset thank you mm-hmm. a gem yeah and i want in on your sound healing sarah yes one day i will have another one yes one day one day, day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> like, sounds like it's so far <laughs> in the future like who knows when it'll happen? Exactly. Who knows? But Wendy will be one of the first. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And I'm very happy for you that you get to have that path. Thank you. Me yeah. too. It's yeah. exciting. So we're here with Wendy today to talk about something um, that has recently just become important in my life due to school. <laughs> Yay, school. Um, but is really important to Wendy and something she's really passionate about and we should all honestly be quite passionate about because... Um, we're one humankind here on earth and we love kids. Exactly. So what's important too, is that the month of April, is this just for Lynn County or is this for Iowa in general? No, it's it's the the whole nation. Oh, it's the whole nation. Okay. So I didn't know that. Sorry. It's Mm -hmm. the whole nation. April is what? Child Child abuse abuse prevention prevention month. month. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is so important. So important. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, and that's been part of your whole career, hasn't it? It has been like a large part of my child track. therapy. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For people who didn't tune in to our first conversation with Wendy, let's have Wendy introduce yourself and give mm-hmm. us a little background on yeah. who you are. Oh, yeah. Por Thanks. favor. You betcha. You betcha. My name is Wendy Stokesbury, and I am a native of Cedar Rapids, and I am a licensed mental health counselor in private practice here in town. And so my office is at Kingston Therapy Services right here in beautiful downtown Cedar Rapids. She's right here, guys. Right, right here. here. Call her. Yeah. And I have been in mental health for a long, long time, uh, one way or other, almost 30 years. And I really care a lot about trauma. And I really care a lot about the impact of trauma on all people. Um, but uh Really, I can't say children in particular. I care about the impact of trauma on all people. And I care about the messages of prevention. (laughs) Um, Frankly, um, we have more people seeking care than we can provide. 
And if we could reduce the number of adults that need care by um, reducing the adversity that happens to them in their childhood, we are a much better society. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, yeah, secure children become secure adults. Correct. Right. Yeah. Well, well said. Thanks. Yeah. But somehow... There's many of us that fall off the secure bandwagon, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, right. how that happens and what those things are. Think exactly. of us there. Yeah. So one thing yeah. that is important um, that is a marker to trauma are something called ACEs. Mm-hmm. So would you like to explain to us what ACEs yes, are, Wendy? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. So ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And when we are referring to ACEs, we are especially referring to the research that came about through a study, the ACEs study, sometime in the 90s, and it was put on actually by the Centers for Disease Control. So it was a very well done, very reputable, and, um, you know, according to the scientific rigor um, study with a huge sample size, actually um, adults in California. So Kaiser Permanente was a part of that um, research. And because it was such a well-done study, they were able to draw conclusions um, that still hold true today and that are used in the field of prevention um, and mental health. They figured out that the data indicated that these psychosocial determinants of health, so the survey is what was used um, for that original study, and the survey has 10 items on it. And that survey is available for anyone to um, take a look at. And those um, 10 items highly correlated to uh, multiple kinds of illness, Mm -hmm. both mental illnesses, uh, your chance of being uh, addicted to substances later in life, uh, diseases such as uh, COPD, cancer, diabetes, heart disease. So... Because we know that those psychosocial determinants and those things are, um, I'll list a few of them, things like, um, these are things that happened to you before the age of 18, Um, being physically abused or sexually abused, is sort of obvious, but also witnessing domestic violence, witnessing your mother being hurt or your mother being threatened and having that happen repeatedly. Having a chaotic home where there's substance abuse, where you have maybe one or more parents who are addicted. Mm-hmm. Having one or more, more parent um, with a mental illness or incarcerated. Or losing a parent due to divorce or death. So those are some of the items on the um, original survey. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really important information to know about yourself. And that's um, something I want to um, talk about right up front, that... As you learn about ACEs and you learn about your own ACEs and what your so-called ACEs score is, Mm -hmm. that can be quite triggering because these are, um, you know, tragic and traumatic things that a lot of people just have have avoided all their life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and avoided them through, um, you know, using too many substances, for instance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know I took that test a couple weeks ago. Um, because we had to for a class I'm taking. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I took it on behalf of the kids, and I was like, oh, super shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, some of it is stuff that, you know, has to do with your parents that you as a child, you just have absolutely no control over Mm -hmm. at all. And it makes me so sad that something like having an incarcerated parent or a parent who suffers mental health or has been 
abused and a child has seen it even before the age of like one or two can have that big of an impact upon them right right it's just crazy right and the reason for that i'm i'm glad you mentioned uh even a very young child is because the brain develops the most between infancy and three Mm -hmm. so zero to three is kind of this really important window for intervention Mm -hmm. to try to help with normal development because um, that's another aspect that the ACEs survey actually didn't study directly, but that we now know quite a bit about, that the um, uh, nervous system doesn't really develop quite as healthily as we would like it to for children exposed to a lot of these adversities. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, I started to say, if you do feel tr- triggered learning about ACEs or even just you know hearing this podcast, remember that there are supports out there and there are, you know, right here in Iowa, right here in Lynn County, we have Foundation 2. Um, uh, they offer a 24-7 crisis line. There's 211. You can find resources um, and services just by dialing 211 here in um, Iowa. Um, and there's also, um, through Department of uh, Public Health, there's crisis line available, even texting available 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to um, you know be aware of as you as you learn about this stuff and think about it for your own life. How can learning about ACEs make us aware or help us to prevent um, child abuse? So learning about ACEs can help us prevent child abuse with our own children, and that's a really important um, thing to understand. And the reason why compassion is so important in this work and why we talk about multi-generational impact of trauma. Most of the time when you determine that a child has a high number of ACEs, you will also determine that their parent has a high number of ACEs Mm -hmm. and and so on and so forth. And any time I start this assessment with my own clients, that's usually um, what we're going to learn. And it just makes sense. You know what you know, Mm -hmm. right? And to have compassion to understand just what you said, Sarah, as a child, and even under the age of 18, in my opinion, you are not culpable. Even adolescents are not culpable relative to their adult caretakers. Mm-hmm. Even if they're nasty and provoke, they're not culpable. So that's you know another reason why I'm so passionate about it, that we need to, as a society, frankly, prioritize the needs of early childhood development and children. They really don't have many rights. Mm-mm. They really don't. And, and as a nation, we don't spend as much money and, and um, focus and policy driven towards the best health of our youngest citizens, really. So this message kind of um, relates to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so did that... A- answer it about the aces yeah i think it did mm-hmm. and that test is like widely available like you can yeah. just go and look it up aces yeah. a-c-e-s yeah. Um, yeah. yeah aces ace survey <clears throat> yeah ace survey mm-hmm. yeah and some some pediatricians advocate using this as a screening tool there are some um programs here in town actually that are advocating to use the aces survey as a screening mm-hmm. tool but it's uh, it's best kind of done in a clinical way mm-hmm. because of you know the potential of being triggered and having things stirred up and, you know, needing needing some support to process it. And, you know, that's the work that I do as a counselor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was reading over the test and I, like, put it down. I was like, mm, I don't want to deal mm-hmm. with this today. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's so important too. And I think mm-hmm. what I was reading from the materials that you kind of sent us before mm-hmm. was um, that there's trainings being done in places like schools uh, for mm-hmm. pediatricians, mm-hmm. Um, any kind of care worker, people who work at daycares, that kind of stuff. Right. That's that like this is becoming so much more. Um, like you said, it's a, it's a movement, right? right? That like it's a that's thing right. that's gaining more recognition. The way that like people are aware of it, being aware of like how big of a deal it is, and then mm-hmm. also like because of that, we're trying to raise awareness so that we can make a difference. That's right. In legislation and the way that we have compassion for each other. That's right. Cool. Yeah. 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 Yep. The one of the slogans that comes with this work is we talk about ACEs directly in safe environments and in opportunities like this, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, to explain, not blame or shame. So when and I use that terminology with my clients a lot, when I say, what do you know about your mom's history? You know, just, you know, when the time's right to go there. Mm -hmm. And then I say, this is about processing you're, you know, if you're still holding that, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to work through that mm-hmm. and then gain compassion for your, um, uh, the generations before you, mm-hmm. for your ancestors, really, truly. And we could get into a whole conversation about epigenetics and, you know, oh, generational yeah. trauma Love and generational historical trauma. trauma and all of that stuff. We'll done have that. to do yeah. that another day. Yeah. We yeah. could be here forever, right. I'm sure. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I know with ACEs, there are several things called protective factors. Mm -hmm. So what are protective factors and what do we do with them? Absolutely. Very good. So protective factors is kind of the heart of the matter. And we are going to start to turn towards in terms of prevention. Yes. Okay. Got it. Towards that term resilience, Mm -hmm. that resilience being able to weather stress, common everyday stress, because we have it. All of us, every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So building resilience when you're um, a parent, when you're a caretaker, is super, super important. And that is a protective factor. So that you know has implications in terms of what do we do with it. It means as community members, we help one another. And we help run to the grocery store. Or we help with rides. Or we mm-hmm. help with some respite and um, watch our, our friends or our you know, other um, people in our family watch their young children for them while they go out. You know, those kinds of things to help caretakers be strong mm-hmm. and healthy and balanced in their life. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, another important protective factor is that people have their basic needs met. Mm-hmm. People need to not have be insecure in housing and food, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you don't have stability in that respect, it's very difficult to then work on your parenting skills, mm-hmm. which is one of the other protective factors. Well, yeah, how can you be resilient if you're constantly stressed about right. providing That's for right. food or shelter? That's right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we talk about this, think about... Um, Adverse childhood experiences in terms of what I mentioned about mental illness or addiction. You're trying to have resiliency and raise your kids, but you have a history of a mental illness, mm-hmm. major depression, mm-hmm. and you have a hard time getting out of bed. Literally, you cannot get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exponentially difficult. Mm-hmm. And this is where we talk about stigma and the presumptions about what it means. Oh, so, uh, child abuse just happens to those people over there or substance abuse just happens to people who live over there. Mm-hmm. Not true. Mm-mm. Not true. It's uh, 
it's a curse that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, coming back to the other protective factors, I mentioned concrete supports, parenting skills, meaning um, knowing what is appropriate at the developmental age that your child's at, because the way you interact with a one, two, three, four-year-old is much different than seven, eight, nine, and then into adolescence. And I, you know, not no parent <laughs> really knows um, all that stuff. So we all benefit from some of the good, you know, science and support out there on how to be an effective parent who gives a balance of love and praise mm-hmm. and fun with discipline and structure. Mm-hmm and um, uh, realistic consequences for mm-hmm. misbehavior. Those are not difficult roles to balance, or not easy roles to balance. So um, parenting skills are important. And um, having the um, ability to bond with your child, having um, strong attachment so that the child will come to you when they're distressed and you're prepared to meet their needs. Again, you as a parent are better able to offer that when you are secure, right. when you are resilient. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of feeds back. Um, and you can see from those protective factors how important the message of child abuse prevention is wrapping love and concern and understanding mm-hmm. around how adversity creates situations that can uphold ongoing cycles of neglect and trauma. And in fact, you know, that's something um, to know that the majority of abuse cases in our area are what is called denial of critical care, which is translates to neglect. And often those are for reasons of addiction or mental illness or domestic violence in the home. So we kind of need to work to destigmatize abuse Mm. Also, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, so many of our psychosocial problems mm-hmm. can be wrapped back to, you know, sort of the the meaning of this research and and this work, which is you know why I like to really promote it. Mm-hmm. Helps us to understand a lot of the problems that we have and means for um, reducing those problems and saving money. Ultimately, um, many organizations, you know, sort of do this data collection. That's not really my gig, but. Um, you know, there's, I think it's something like seven to one is the um, estimate in terms of dollars spent in child mm. abuse prevention and to the, in terms of the payback, lost time from work, disability, mm-hmm. you know, incarceration, all of that. Yeah. yeah. We need to kind of think bigger mm-hmm. than just, right. yeah, that particular yeah. instance or that moment or what yeah. we see. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have talked about this on another podcast episode, but in my trauma it's trauma loss and resilience so it's like everything that you're talking about now but in that class we have to respond to people's posts and we had to describe a place where we had been that had a lack of protective factors and one of my classmates was like oh well it's cedar rapids iowa she's like in the ghetto and i i was like okay where's the fucking ghetto Mackenzie but she was like you know I saw the single moms walking around in the ghetto and I hear the gunshots I mean it was all very um dramatic right Mm -hmm. I mean in Cedar Rapids I feel like violence is not necessarily isolated to one specific area we kind Mm -hmm. of have violence everywhere Mm -hmm. but also like she was very targeting black people Mm -hmm. um in a low income which i know that a low-income neighborhood is 
you know, also indicative of a lack of protective factors. So I get what she's saying, but also it was like, whoo, that was that was a little judgy. Mm-hmm. But here in Lynn mm-hmm. County, um, I know that I've seen some really incredible resources come within our community the past couple of years. But I also know that we have a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain the current market of our town and what that looks like in terms of offering um, education Mm -hmm. and really embracing Mm -hmm. these protective factors as a community Mm -hmm. and offering them to people? Yes, I can. Um, Actually, you're right. We We have come a long ways and we have a ways to go. But I have been involved in the Community Partnership for Protecting Children, otherwise known as the CPPC. It's through Lynn County. And most counties, many regions in Iowa now have them. And we're um, becoming a growing network of really coalition of mostly human services partners um, that come together and meet monthly. And we do presentations of one another's programs. And we network. And we might learn things like... um, uh, you know, uh, recently we had something about current drug trends. Um, we had a manager from Department of Human Services come in and show us the dashboard so that we could see the data in terms of removals from care and returns to care, just all of the child protection stuff, which is really helpful to know. Um, so that group is becoming stronger, and our you know our mission is to uh, spread the word and improve the quality of services for families in need. And there are many wonderful programs in the Lynn County area. The, um, I think historically, the continuum of care, meaning referral from um, one partner to another, has not been good. Um, And everyone is sort of fighting for the same pots of money, and they talk about people being in their silos. And I think with the um, understanding that a trauma-informed system, trauma-informed care has been a big buzzword in my field, in the mm-hmm. social work field, mm-hmm. for a while. What does that mean? It right. Mean- I feel like you hear that a lot, but I, what does it mean? It means that you are um, <clears throat> meeting a person where they're at and that you understand the impact of trauma on their brain and their mm-hmm. body and that you are not interacting with them in a way that re-traumatizes it means that you fully understand, in my mind, this is my definition, you fully understand that their trauma is, and um, even the dastardly deeds that they may have been up to as a part of that, explains them but doesn't shame or blame them. That's what trauma-informed care is. And so whether you're a doctor or a mental health provider or a police uh, officer or a teacher, you provide the type of interaction that you provide based on your role with that kind of an attitude. Mm. Wow. That's been quite a lot of knowledge. That's yeah, that's a lot. And thank you, Wendy, for um, expounding on all of that, but we're going to cut to a break for a little bit Mm -hmm. and we'll come back and we'll start to talk a little bit more about resilience and the ways that our community can come together to prevent child abuse. Yes. Yes. Yay. Stay tuned. Oh, I'm starting to record. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. <clears throat> hey. 
Hey. It's season two. Season two. Uh, what do you want to talk about? The podcast where two friends take turns surprising each other with topics to talk about. That's right. She's Lindsay and I am Jason and we are both parents and comedy writers. Yeah, it's like Pollyanna meets... Friedrich Nietzsche. Yeah, or like, I, I would assume that's correct. Yeah, I don't that's know pretty, that person. Pretty, pretty correct, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's like flowers meet... The stuff that people pile on, you know, grave sites and... Yeah. Your, your, bodies and your dirt. Well, you know. That's dark. And we've added a new segment to the show called the Rando Mo. It's a random moment because we want to know what you want us to talk about. And you can send in your ideas and suggestions, and we put them on little pieces of paper, and we put them in a jar, and we shake them up, and then we don't have any control over what we are then told we need to talk about. You decide. If you want to decide, you can send it to laspodcastnetwork.com slash what do you wanna, W-A-N-N-A. This podcast comes out every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you can find your podcasts. This show was produced and distributed by LAS Podcast Network. To support this show and other shows like it, subscribe to LAS Plus. For more, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com slash Plus. You can find our podcast anywhere that you get your podcast hit, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Or from that creepy dude with the top hat and the trench coat eating that Reuben sandwich that's just half soaked in mayo in the dark alley. Nice. He's the guy with the good podcast. It just be that you score your podcast in a dark alley with a guy wearing a trench coat? Reuben. Mayonnaise. You brought mayonnaise into the mix. Yeah, it should have been Thousand Island. <gasps> it was such a mistake. Should have been Thousand Island. Can you put something together from all that? Or do you want, you want me to do one more? <laughs> L-A-S. Hi. Greetings. Hello. Uh- Hello there. I'm Alan Way, and I'm your dungeon master for this new live play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Myths of Myria. This podcast is for those looking to rediscover the joy of adventure, and helping me on this journey is my lovable nerdy cast. I'm Josh Wagner, and I'll be playing... Shadow. I'm Jackson Parker, and I will be playing... Valros Visago. I'm Morgan Willis, and I'll be playing... If you like fantastical and otherworldly character-driven stories, political and military intrigue, snide gamblers, or discovering what's on the other side of the looking glass, then you are going to love our brand new podcast as a part of the LAS Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. To support our show and other local creators like us, subscribe to LAS Plus. And for more information on that, you can go to LASpodcastnetwork.com. And just remember, you don't have to know anything about Dungeons & Dragons to fall in love with this podcast. And little did you know that this entire trailer was the verbal components to a spell. And now you're enchanted to listen every Monday to Myths of Myria. So, welcome. 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 To Myria. L-A-S. And we're back. We're back. Yeah, thank you, Wendy, because Caleb just gave me fucking the amount of hand sanitizer that a grown man needs. I don't know where he thought I was going to put this. Um, My hands are dripping <laughs> wet. Your hands are not that much smaller than mine. 
Did you give yourself that much? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Look, look at the paper. I... <laughs> and then Wendy also took some. <laughs> and I'm still wet. Rub her hand. Still <laughs> wet. I got you all Keep wet. So my bad, baby. <laughs> it's not the first time, Caleb. <laughs> anyway, we're back. And we're, we're back with Wendy. Still Stokes here with Barry. Wendy, our fabulous guest. We love with so much love <laughs> we love her with <laughs> so much love yes we do all of it <laughs> all the love and we are here talking about um how to prevent child abuse right we've been talking about ace's <laughs> adverse childhood experiences mm-hmm. and april is child abuse prevention month yes. nationally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we've talked about um things that do prevent childhood abuse um and i think you know for me when i've come in when i started thinking about this episode um i don't plan on having children um uh i'm so, i'm sorry what? okay what about our child <laughs> oh i forgot about that one i'm sorry anyway that was just <laughs> that was mind bending there for a moment. but i think it, initially you know I, I think about these adults who who have gone through adverse childhood experiences and are traumatized. And I think a lot of people too don't realize how traumatized they are. Um, like even having a score of one on the test is shows a significant amount of trauma mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. life. Right. Mm-hmm. And not to, like you can't compare amount of That's trauma. Right. right. I mean, yeah. if you have adverse childhood experiences, you need to, I don't know, be aware of the way that that has impacted your life and the way that it is impacting your life. And I think that's important to um, acknowledge. Yeah. Um, but I think when we first started talking about this, the thing that is most important is this idea of hope, mm-hmm. right? And this idea of being able to heal. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. And I think that's that's the thing that's so, so, much, so important to me because I think – you know, I, I can think about all the ways that, like, maybe I've been traumatized in my life and, like, ways that I don't want to think about it. But, like, I think mm-hmm. the ways that where – I, where I want to go is I want to heal. I want to mm-hmm. have hope that mm-hmm. I can address acknowledge trauma and then move on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you want to know what that is, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what is that called? What is that like? What is that? Is that word – Resilience? Resilience. Resilience. (laughs) (laughs) Love that word. Yes, that's my favorite. Wendy, would you tell me what resilience is? Resilience is the ability to bounce back. It's, um, here's another term that's kind of like it. Post-traumatic growth. Wendy, I wrote that down. Post-traumatic, Post-traumatic growth. growth. Yes. I've never heard this term before, but I love it. It's that. kind of new. Okay. I'm I into learned. It. Oh. it hasn't been studied much. Okay. What about this? What if you were a stronger human being and actually shown more brightly, even with some of those scars from abuse? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we would call that resilient. Mm. And we would call that post-traumatic growth mm-hmm. so right here's something i found interesting i read an article that i had to write a paper about but it was about post-traumatic growth and resiliency and it showed me on a graph that there's kind of like a sweet spot between emotional intelligence and how much like previously previously held emotional intelligence and the amount of post-traumatic growth you will experience based on that trauma mm. and it's like 
if you are too low, then you won't be able to experience much or a significant growth. amount of post-traumatic growth because Due to you your don't lack have of emotional intelligence. Correct. Got it. But if you're too high, then you are so resilient that you interpret life stressors much differently hmm. than someone who's in a median. Hmm. And but if you have like the right amount of emotional uh-huh. intelligence and it's like the right type of traumatic event, yeah. so not too intense, but also not so minimal that it's not traumatic at all, that you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to really expand your emotional intelligence and experience post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'm sorry. I'm having yeah, a hard time like wrapping awesome. my head around like having too much emotional intelligence. <laughs> so let's say you're. You know, you go to yoga every single day, mm, 10 times right. a day, and, and you're, you're enlightened. you're aware of your, yes. your, your emotions, right? Yeah. So you probably, <clears> like <throat> Buddha probably reached a point where he wasn't like exponentially growing every mm, experience right. he had because he was there. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. So mm. it's a balance of like how mm. impactful the trauma is, mm-hmm. where your emotional mm. intelligence is that affects mm. that. Mm. I was like, oh, that's weird. That yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I like all this stuff. I love that stuff. Into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Intuition. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, like, I like that. That was great, Caleb. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so dumb. So what are ways that we can make sure that we leave a traumatic situation experiencing post-traumatic growth and therefore building our sense of resiliency? Um, so there's going to be multiple ways. There's no one silver bullet to that of course therapy is not a bad thing um and uh people who have post-traumatic stress disorder ptsd Mm -hmm. really probably do need some kind of therapeutic intervention to heal from that you you can't necessarily do that on your own i sorry i Mm -hmm. also was just thinking about this too because like there's this cycle right Mm -hmm. of generational trauma and like people Mm -hmm. who experience aces like their parents probably you know had aces um Mm -hmm. That a lot of the problems are access to resources, yeah. right? And so getting help can feel so overwhelming to even reach out to like mm-hmm. have, to feel like you can even get therapy or whatever. Yeah. So like, yeah. what does somebody do if they don't have the money for like health insurance for like mental health? Right, right. That was just something that was on my mind, sorry. Yes. No, no, you're, I'm, what you're speaking about is, you know, really important in terms of, you know, the bigger mental health piece, Caleb, that there's still a lot of fear, there's still a lot of stigma, and you simply don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So again, back to Iowa, that 211 number um, is a excellent resource for mental health resources in your area. Mm -hmm. It's statewide, but they can direct you towards resources. And then in terms of no cost or low cost therapy, um, I, I think there are some telehealth sites mm-hmm. that offer low cost. Um, and, you know, some people will benefit from that kind of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a whole range of the kinds of places um, or, the you know, the types of modalities that are going to benefit mm-hmm. the individual person. But here locally in terms of sliding fee scale, I always recommend the Olson Family Counseling Center mm-hmm. at Mount Mercy. It's, um, I think you can get therapy as low as $10 mm-hmm. and they do have wow. evening and um, Saturday hours. So that's a resource that I know of locally, but there, there are other resources mm-hmm. to help you with finances. Um, 
And again, you could find those here locally or here sure. in the state of Iowa through 211. But I think it's the fear part, mm. the I don't want to be seen as crazy or mm, why can't I just shake this off right. or, mm-hmm. you know, act like my friend does or you know that kind of thing when you have others in your life family or friends who also stigmatize or you know question Mm -hmm. you for needing medicine or whatever like toughen up Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. i would assume well at least for me as a parent there would be so much shame around asking for help or admitting that i'm not the best parent Mm -hmm. that i could be you know Mm -hmm. right or even admitting like oh shit my kids have a lot of aces and some of that Mm -hmm was just written in the world before they even could prevent that themselves Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's hard yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well and it's things like this it's things like um talking about it and broadcasting it right Mm -hmm. and um back to what you were saying about more and more education you're right Caleb, it is becoming a thing. And here in the state of Iowa, we have um, our educators are required to now take um, one hour. Those of us in the field are like, okay, it needs to be more than one hour, but at least it's something. It includes suicide prevention. That's right. Right. That's right. Yep. Yep. It is. um, The ACES movement is, I, I believe, I will see before. I, I love that it's. Die. I love that it's a movement. I that do there's too. progress being made, and mm-hmm. yeah, well, and it also signifies that we need mm-hmm. to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, guys, the number one thing for resilience is relationship. Tell me more. Relationship, relationship brings us hope, mm. because when you are connected to other human beings mm-hmm. and you can look each other in the face and smile and know that they see you and recognize you as a human good as you are, Mm -hmm. even with your scars, Mm -hmm. you build resilience. You feel worthy to live Mm -hmm. by that. You really do. Right? It's friends. It's friends and family who love you. Mm -hmm. And it's coming to terms with, you know, your own stuff is that you love yourself, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people don't love themselves and it makes it hard for others to get in. Right. They hold others at bay, right? Mm -hmm. We see that, Mm -hmm. especially in trauma. Mm -hmm. Sure. Of course, when your trust has been betrayed, you don't want to let others in. Mm -hmm. But resilience is really, really a huge piece of that, is being able to develop trusting relationships. And we don't need tons, but a few will get us all through, and that includes children and adults. But that you know speaks to our protective factors, and even larger than those close, intimate relationships. And um, at break, you and I, um, Kayla, we're talking about earned attachment. That's what happens is that you earn an attachment relationship over time mm-hmm. rather uh, than as an infant. You, there's nothing that you really um, can do to earn it. it. You're all dependent on your caretaker yeah, you to give it to you. Yeah, you don't get to choose your parent, yeah. Right. So right. la- later in life, we earn attachments, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's an important part of being resilient as a kid or an adult, but also to be connected to a larger community. So that's another one of our protective factors. And one of the reasons, you know, again, we want everyone to understand this messaging because we all play a role. You know, whether you're a church member or a neighbor or an aunt or a mom or, you know, just all your roles, educator, um, Healthcare provider, human services worker. This is not just for um, those people who are in healthcare, but it's for um, you know all walks of life to understand what role they can play in children's lives and young parents' lives um, all around them. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to do that every day, just with um, 
a kind smile in the grocery store over a tantruming three-year-old yeah. instead of a disgusting look mm-hmm. right. um, and, and a turn away. All of those subtle things, mm-hmm. you know, empathy, up. empathy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our guest Maurice, who we had on, um, he was talking about domestic violence in his marriage, mm-hmm. but he brought up the ACEs test and said that he took it as an adult and was like, Oh my gosh, you know, these were things I never even thought Mm -hmm. to consider um, forms of abuse or neglect Mm -hmm. or things that would contribute so heavily to Mm -hmm. um, the way he functions in the world as Mm -hmm. an adult. And Mm -hmm. I think we all need to remember that every adult we see is a child version of themselves who has Mm -hmm. experienced trauma in some capacity. And some people Mm -hmm. are to the point where they're healed and the majority of us are not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, be kind and Mm -hmm. empathetic. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what are some other ways that we can learn to become resilient well, you know, one of my very favorite ways that I think is also your guys' favorite way is yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Yoga, yeah. Which we all did this morning together. Yes. Together, juntos. Wasn't that beautiful? It was beautiful. It was. It was lovely and warm in the studio today. It was. Sun coming in and the heat cranked up. Uh-huh. Well, what I love about yoga, too, is that, like, and yoga is good for so many reasons, especially regarding mental health, but I love the fact that we have a community mm-hmm. at our yeah. yoga um, studio. That right. everybody that I that was in there, I felt safe and comfortable mm-hmm. with, and mm-hmm. not only that, but like loved by it too. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. and that's just something I feel like you can't really mm-hmm. you can't put a price tag on that. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's more valuable than anything else. Mm-hmm. You no. know, it's having the community. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We are we are fortunate to belong to a studio with the ethics that Sarah promotes, and mm-hmm. that you know all of us now as teachers. Um, of that studio and of that ethic mm-hmm. promote. Um, unfortunately, our space isn't large enough for everybody. No, it's not. <laughs> right. Our love was bursting mm-hmm. this morning it at was. the seams. Yeah, but we do. We can do some outdoor yoga, and mm-hmm. we can offer some free community yoga out yeah. there. And for sure, we all know of. Um, gosh, we have we have Low Park. We mm-hmm. have the mm-hmm. Indian Creek Nature mm-hmm. Center. We have the New Bow Market. Yeah, there's a lot of places that offer free yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, why do you guys think yoga helps with resilience? I have that question for you. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, obviously, I, like I just said, like the community, the people mm-hmm. that I feel like I've come into contact with who I think are so loving. Um, I think if anything, I am constantly stressed out and I'm constantly thinking about what I need to do next to in my life you know, mm-hmm. like with work or whatever. Um, and so yoga slows me down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yoga slows me all the way down where I can just focus on my breath and actually just be a person. And sometimes that's scary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. it's really hard to like sit still. Because mm-hmm. yeah. then, you know, my mind wanders and makes me feel like I'm not doing enough or whatever. And so I just have to sit with those feelings and mm-hmm. to focus on my breath. And mm-hmm. that's mindfulness. it. Yeah, mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. That's a so big one. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is for me too, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And also I think the sometimes unaware, unaware, unintentional release of physically stored trauma Mm. that I see in me, but also I see when I teach in Mm -hmm. people. And I think, yeah, that's been the biggest takeaway for me is the Mm -hmm. mindfulness and being able to sit because Mm -hmm. before I started doing yoga, I'm like, I can't be still with myself because it gets real scary in my mind and we don't stop up here Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And then 
you know, when I started doing yoga, I was like, shit, if I think about anything besides what Sarah's teaching me, I'm not going to be able to, I mean, I physically can't. Mm -hmm. So I have to think about what I'm doing and my breath. And then I got it. And I was like, "Uh Mm uh-huh, I get it. And now Mm -hmm. just to see that in other people, I Mm -hmm. think is really amazing. And the community. I mean, you really can't put a price on like that energy that we cultivate when we're all there together. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it was also really interesting too. The first time I had like any kind of like emotional break when I was doing yoga, it was so fascinating to me. I remember actually talking to you about that, Wendy. Um, like I was in downward dog one day and I was like just gearing up to start doing um, yoga teacher training. And for whatever reason, I just like started breaking down crying. It was like so mm-hmm. weird. Like mm-hmm. I had like some kind of like physical breakthrough, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like something yeah. was released and it was like mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. it was you know, I was processing and I was like, wow, okay, cool. This is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, it was shocking, yeah. you know, at the time, right. but I think it's also like, I think yoga makes me more emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh. oh my gosh. I be- I wonder if there's some research on that. I bet there that's is. That's a really cool, mm-hmm. cool idea. I bet it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. Because by virtue of ha- getting to spend, if you go to a class, you get to spend an entire hour tuning into yourself yeah. mm-hmm. and at first you're like i have to spend a whole hour but did yeah. you just hear me say you get to yeah after you get used to it and then you do learn how to connect what you're feeling mm-hmm. with those bodily sensations yeah. mm-hmm. so you are more emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. i love that caleb mm-hmm. yeah you're so wise yeah. <laughs> stop oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah it's just good for every part of you mm-hmm. i think even mm-hmm. though i'm also biased i love yoga mm-hmm. one of the best tools for sure yeah what about you why do you think that yeah. yoga helps well all of the things you guys said and the you know the neurological benefits Mm -hmm. you know behind the scenes why is it that we're calmed down well because the parasympathetic nervous system kicks in Mm -hmm. and puts on the brakes Mm -hmm. right and as our breathing becomes regulated and we realize that we have the control over that breath that we can be right here now with our breath and our bodies we start to gain a sense of control and gratitude also (coughs) for our bodies and our competencies. And sometimes for people who have suffered a lot of trauma, that's the first thing, first time they felt in control of their body. Mm -hmm. Taking back a feeling of control of their body can Mm -hmm. be really important to recovery. It's liberating. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It makes me think of the work that Julie Jacks has done, you know, with Mm -hmm. um, Project Exhale. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Trauma-informed yoga. Yeah, for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, just saw her. You did? She was at the restaurant. Oh. Yesterday or the day before, I don't remember, but Cute. Yeah, yeah, I gave her a big hug. Yeah, Julie Jack. Mm-hmm. Julie Jack. I always say Jack, so I don't know. I want I want to make her plural, probably because we need more than one. <laughs> That's not true, right? True. <laughs> we need more Julies. You yeah. Iowans and your Aldis and all that, like just adding S to everything. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't Hipsters, know. Mocos. <sighs> just yeah, I want more of all the good stuff. I guess. I Ivies. That's. Mm. No one calls it high V's. Okay, you just took that way too far. Yeah. But we are really fortunate as a community to have so many great trauma informed teachers, mm-hmm. I think, here. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are. And we're also lucky to be, um, we're really considered a resource rich area um, in terms of social services. 
and there really are a lot of good, um, you know, supports to kids and families. Again, we need to promote it and, and help um, people feel comfortable and safe to access those services. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that common humanity, all of those ethics that we guys, that we have at Breathing Room Yoga, mm-hmm. um, all bodies belong. Breathing Room Yoga, right. all bodies. <laughs> Just had to plug right, it right. again. Right. You're welcome, right. Sarah. We love you, Sarah. <laughs> uh-huh. Is it time to plug the blue pinwheels? Yes, absolutely. Pinwheel absolutely. You, th- yeah. This is your time, yeah. Wendy. Yeah. Okay. You go, girl. All right. So Child Abuse Prevention Month coming up in April. So April 1st, we'll be planting our gardens around town. So as you see those beautiful shiny pinwheels gr- flowing in the air, remember that those are a symbol of every child deserving a healthy childhood. And now you've heard some of the ways we can all promote those cha- uh, healthy childhoods in our community. How can we get pinwheels? Um, well, they're, you actually have to, you can't get them from Oriental Trading any, anymore. They're, <laughs> they're out. They're out of stock. We do love a good <laughs> Oriental Trading. They have everything. Um, so I suppose if you see a pinwheel garden and you have kids, you may take some from around town. But um, m- mostly they're, they're there just to look pretty, Sarah. They're okay. not about giveaways sorry well i thought maybe like as a business like somehow we could have that actually yeah. that's a campaign i think i'll try next year is um uh maybe uh, uh sponsor that's it sponsor a yeah. pinball garden mm-hmm. oh that would yeah. be great yeah, we would, would like awesome. to do that mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah wendy has some great resources that i'm going to share with us lynn county child abuse prevention month on facebook is that what we mm-hmm. look up? Just that? Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear more and see what all the activities are for April, oh, which April, I mentioned April 1st, we are planting the pinwheels. It's also blue out day, so you can wear blue um, to support um, Child Abuse Prevention Month. Of course, your um, ability to get involved, you can also find at PCAIowa.org um, and donations to that. Um, organization are always appreciated to promote their good work. Um, what else did I put down on there? Sorry. IowaAce360.org. Oh, yes. What very, do we find there? Very, very good resource. You can get all kinds of data. They do collect data to um, help uh, understand ACEs and prevalence of ACEs throughout Iowa. And they even have mm. it broke down by um, uh, region. Um, I think you can get some demographic information and also the story of hope and resilience and what it takes um, Mm. to make a healthy community and some um, examples of that happening already here in Iowa. Mm. Cool. I think I also saw on that website, too, that there's a couple links towards um, different... um, What is it? What am I saying? Ways that people are trying to advocate for laws, legal issues... Yeah, the uh, Campaign for Trauma-Informed Policy and Practice. Yes. Yes, yes. That's a really important organization that um, I want to get more involved with. But they are really leading the charge in bringing together the model programs that um, are really doing good work and helping to come up with, um, you know, good evidence that these programs work so that it, you know, translates into the bottom dollar for legislators. Um, And I think they're, uh, what is their website ctipp.org i think campaign for trauma-informed policy and practice so when you ask what is trauma-informed care Mm -hmm. well those are that's the top down 
right. um, at the national level. So in terms of like, you know, wanting to advocate for preventing child mm-hmm. child abuse, mm-hmm. um, that kind of program, like advocating, donating, yes, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. following their lead on contacting <clears throat> legislators. Like they put out mm-hmm. great, um, you know, press kits and um, how to interact with your legislator, kind of talking points kind of things. Um, and there's there's legislation at the national level. There was, I was just looking at their work, um, something called RISE. I don't remember what the acronym stands for now, but um, a lot of the COVID, a lot of the pandemic, mm-hmm. trauma from pandemic mm. is being woven into legislation and also the literature you'll see um, on ACES 360, you'll see that there's reference to that. I mean, you know, to be fair, and I'm glad we... Um, mentioned that here at the end we need to address the um is that the term intersectionality i've tried to learn about racism and being in othered groups right Mm -hmm. and having aces on top of that Mm -hmm. um is an important um acknowledgement right amen it's it's important to 100 percent. yeah i'll say amen i mean all, all of it all of it. All of it. <laughs> yes, totally important. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our last resource is Kingston Therapy on Facebook. That's our girl, Wendy, herself. That's, That's her. That's her. That's, That's you. Our shining star. Go find her. Our blessing. Our, b- <laughs> our bundle of yeah. blessed. <laughs> yes, blessedness. <laughs> Whose new nickname is Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> juicy Wendy. Hot and juicy. Hot and juicy. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't have anything else to say. Do you, Sarah? I don't. Is there anything else you want to say, are Wendy? We at, are we at time? We're about at time. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything else you want to add, yeah. mm, let's see. Mm, I said, look for the pinwheel gardens and get mm-hmm. involved in how you can support families. Mm-hmm. I think I said everything. And go take the ACEs uh, test because I think it's fascinating to know. It is fascinating. Um, the ways, because they're not necessarily, I I think they're not always things we think about sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. like having, being a child of a divorced mm-hmm. family unit mm-hmm. is an ace point. It's a pretty mm-hmm. common thing, isn't it? It is. There's mm-hmm. many of us who are mm-hmm. from those situations. So I think just being aware of the way that trauma impacts not only us, but those around us is very important. Mm-hmm. As we continue to be kind and work on being empathetic. Yes. Yes. Fostering that compassion. Foster it. Generous. Generous. With our empathy. Empathy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a very informative conversation. It was a journey. It was a journey. Thank you, Wendy. You're welcome. I feel like we always get a little hot when we have to talk about trauma. Mm -hmm. Like, sweaty makes us nervous, but it's good for us and good for our listeners. 100%. Good, good. Thanks for acknowledging that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. That's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And we appreciate our listeners. All y'all. All y'all listeners. We love you so much. Go leave us a rating and review. Thanks. On Apple. Thanks. Just on Apple, not on Spotify. Well, you don't even have Spotify. I don't use Spotify. Okay. I use Apple. So, yes, right. I am asking okay. you to go do it on Apple where I can see it, but really do it wherever you're at. Right. And also go subscribe to LAS Podcast Network at laspodcastnetwork.com. Yes. It's $10 a month. So affordable. Ad-free listening. Bonus episodes. Merch. Merch. News. Support local. Yeah. Our faves. 
And that's that's that on that. That's that on that. Thank you, Sarah, for carrying me. <laughs> well, you know what? It's only right. You carry me a lot, too. I love we you. carry each other. Yes. yes. Love you guys. Love you. Peace out. Bye. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com.